Hello and welcome to the Cloud Career Mentor Podcast. I am your host, Bayomi, and I have a very special episode for you today. I talk with my good friend and former colleague, Babar. We talk about how he was able to go from an electrical engineering student in Pakistan to a senior solutions architect in London. There are a lot of gems in this episode. Listen out for the mistakes he made on his journey as well as his advice for new people looking to build a career in the cloud. If you would like some actionable tips and advice on steps you can take to get your first job in the cloud, sign up to our newsletter at thecloudcareermentor.com slash blogs. Once again, that's thecloudcareermentor.com slash blog. All right, let's jump right into the episode. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm here today with Babar. Hi. I worked with Babar for a number of years and I can honestly say he's one of the most talented and versatile senior solutions architects that I've ever worked with. And I'm so excited for him to sort of share his journey and, you know, how he got to where he is as well. And just, you know, I'm really looking forward to hearing his advice for, you know, people coming up. I guess the first question, Babar, is how did you get into this world? You know, did you study technology at university? Walk us through your journey. Thanks, Fayomi, for having me. Yeah, I've basically, I think if uh, I'll give some background, I think that's very important for the context. So I was a good student in my school and in some sort in college as well. I studied pre-engineering and then I did electronics engineering from Pakistan and for one of the best institutes there. I think when I entered the engineering institute, that's where... I couldn't actually, I don't know, I was confused or something, but yeah, those four years of engineering didn't go as expected. But I, I completed the degree. After that, I did like job in the electronic sector for five years in Pakistan. And yeah, it was purely tech. After that, I moved to UK in 2010. I made a slight switch, I would say, at that point where I entered the telecom sector. I was a services engineer. Yeah, I actually had different roles there. Actually, I did uh, some NOC, network operations related stuff because that's very common in telcos and IT. Uh, did some system administration stuff. So, but mainly I was a services engineer and I was working mainly uh, on Linux-based servers, CentOS-based servers, you know. I didn't learn Linux properly in a way, but yeah, by using, I knew some stuff about Linux, you know, but it was mainly on-premise stuff. I was doing a lot of on-premise stuff. How did you learn Linux to begin with? It was on job, you know, that when I was working in NOC, that's where I had the opportunity because NOC is a very a basic kind of role where you're not expected to do hands-on work, isn't it? So at that point, when, for example, I had to take logs from the servers and I started using Linux, I started to uh, Google things and started learning at least the basics. But I think I really struggled in a way that I didn't learn it in a systematic and proper way. It was on a need-based. Like if I was supposed to do something, for example, copy SCP from one server to another, which is very common in Linux. <laughs> I used to struggle initially, but yeah. So I learned on need basis. It was not like a structural learning or I didn't do any certification at that point. But I learned enough to do my day-to-day jobs, you know. So yeah, this is how I learned it, you know, on need base which was not, a, I would not say I was a Linux expert, but MF Linux, I knew to get my job done, you know, for a few years. 
Yeah, that's the thing as well with learning things sort of on a needs basis where you can get the job done, but you don't feel confident at all. (laughs) You're just sort of copying and pasting code and and hoping for the best a lot of the time or copying and pasting commands. So yeah, you know, I usually recommend learning the fundamentals first because then that helps you to build on that. But yeah, you know, sometimes we just have to learn ad hoc. Exactly. But I would advise against playing with the production systems because people have done some funny things in production systems. So don't try to learn things. (laughs) I have some stories. One, for example, one, me and my colleague were sitting and he was showing me something. Oh, let me show you something. And he basically brought the whole production system down for telcos. Wow. You know, so don't don't try things in production systems. So don't be smart. I mean, I was in test environments as much as you want. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. And I think like, you know, most of us have have had an error like that at some point in, in our career. I know I've had mine. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't be afraid of doing things, but don't be overconfident as well. If it's a definitely. best environment, do whatever you want. If it's a production, be careful. You know, that's my biggest advice from my experience, I think. No, I think that makes sense. So now let's shift the gears. You know, you, you've talked a bit about your background. You came from engineering and, you know, in Pakistan, and then you moved to the UK and where, you know, you, you got a job in the telecommunications industry. So how did you then transfer from that into cloud roles? What did you do? Did you get any certifications? Did you take any courses? What did you do? Actually, when I came to this country in 2010, I did a Cisco certification and at that Point, there was no concept of online learning. So I know I used to travel in Northern Line to Finchley. I was living in Southwest London and I, was, I used to travel and I did a Cisco certification in a training center. You know, that was a good experience. So I knew some networking stuff at that point. And of course, I used to do, do this networking bits in, in my job in telcos as well. So, but other than that, I didn't do any kind of learning after completing my engineering. So a time came... In around 2016 and 17, actually, was at that point, I was contracting with Oracle, uh, again, in the telco sector. But at that point, I realized that this may not last because I could see that they were getting rid of a lot of their employees in this set, you know, business of theirs. And I realized, man, I need to learn some skills. You know, this is a very niche thing I know. And uh, actually, in telco, there was a product I was working on. And I saw, I thought, if there's no work of related to this product, how would I survive, you know? At that point, I'll explore what can I learn. And at that point, Hadoop and data science, and that was a big thing. And when you search for your jobs and you see, oh, 500 or 600 or 700 pounds per day, you say, oh man, this seems some real stuff. You get tempted. So me being delusional at that point, what I did was, oh, I can learn everything. So... I made a list from some research that what what kind of skill sets you need to learn. So I started, funny enough, I started buying the books oh, for Hadoop, for linear algebra and those kind of things. I thought, oh, I'll do, I'll learn everything. That was funny, isn't it? You thought you wanted to go down a yes. data science path and machine learning. Exactly. Yeah, that was mm. good. That was fine. But without any guidance, without any guidance, I thought I'll buy these books and I'll learn I'll learn Python and I'll learn Hadoop and I'll learn uh, linear algebra and everything and stats and in a year's time and I'll be you know a data scientist and I put so much <laughs> pressure on myself 
Oh yeah, and I learned. I started learning Python as well at that point, and I think I learned something. You know, at uni, as, I, as if you remember, I mentioned that at uni I struggled, really struggled. So we had this computer system, was CS courses, but I didn't pay much focus because I had my real struggles at uni. So I didn't even remember the basics. So I learned Python, but eventually I put so much pressure on myself to be a data scientist or data engineer that I gave up. Okay, because mm-hmm. there was no guidance, and it, I wanted to learn everything. You know, you can't be a data scientist overnight or in months. So, yeah, that was a kind of a failure in terms of trying to switch towards data science. Then in 2017, one of my colleagues at Oracle said, yeah, let's learn early 2017, I think. Let's do AWS. And I think that was the real breakthrough, I would say, in terms of the getting to cloud computing. And I started learning a about AWS. So I did this cloud practitioner training. Uh, me and my friend decided, oh yeah, we'll do this cloud practitioner training, but we will do the uh, Solution Architect Associate certification. Okay, We found Linux Academy at that point. That was a big thing in 2000, late 2016, uh, early 2017. So I, I got a subscription. And then I think I spent like six weeks without any prior cloud experience. I spent like six weeks and I did the Solution Architect Associate exam. I learned a lot. VPC, I really focused on. So there is a tip for anyone who is listening who wants to come to cloud. VPC is the core and heart of it. Networking. If you're doing solution architect, you should be really, really good. So yeah, I had some networking background. So, and I was really focused. I was working really hard. So I, I think I spent six weeks. I got this SA associate certification done, although I didn't understand a lot of things, a lot of things. I didn't know a lot of things, uh, but... I probably understood the core things. Yeah. So I did the certification and then I started learning Linux as well. And I think at that point, at around early 2017, I made a switch to a company where I was working some hands-on stuff on AWS. It was a hybrid work, but I could get some hands-on time to AWS. They had Linux servers as well, which I was a bit comfortable working with. So yeah, that, that's my journey. It's how I switched. So I think, yeah, I, I would say I was lucky. I could switch quickly. I could get the certification, interview certification done very quickly. That's very important, I think, because I recently I was working with my friend. I motivated him to get into AWS. And for the last six months, he has been trying to get this AWS search done. And I'm, I mean, to be honest, I think you need to time box yourself. That's very important. You know, you can't continue learning for months and months. You have a time box. I think eight weeks is a very good time. I think you can get this certification done without even having any sort of background. Maybe, okay, not eight weeks. It's not, I'm saying eight weeks. It can be 12 weeks, but at least it's very important that you time box and then get this done. So yeah, that's my story about, uh, I think, switching. Yeah, no, thank you for... Switching thumbs off. Thank you for sharing that because I think, you know, different people come into cloud in different ways. And, you know, I like what you said about initially you you thought you wanted to be a data scientist. So you spent like 400 pounds buying all the books, going through all the material, putting a lot of pressure on yourself. But again, because you didn't have a mentor or a guide to sort of walk you through how how to really get a career in data science, you, you just found that you were burnt out. And, you know, I noticed with people I yes. chat with who are trying to get into AWS now, they're experiencing, you know, the same thing where, you know, they're trying to learn Kubernetes, they're trying to learn Python, they're trying to learn AI when they, they haven't even created a VPC yet. 
And so sometimes I think just having people to point you in the right direction is essential in order to to being successful. So yeah, I really appreciate that. Actually, I, I kept on repeating these mistakes even when I switched to AWS. I wanted to learn the Kubernetes and the Docker and everything <laughs> overnight, you know. Because when they post the jobs, I think that those job postings are very unrealistic and they're not very honest, I would say. They put all the skill sets in the world on that job specification and some people get intimidated, you know. Trust me, those are very misleading job postings, I would say. So, yes, I think that I can understand why people get uh, pressurized uh, or feel pressurized to learn everything, but don't repeat this mistake. Start from AWS, start from, for example, AWS, or any cloud provider, for, for example, and start with the basics. Learn the basics, get some hands-on. I completely agree. And, and I have these conversations with people all the time. You know, they see job roles that are like, you need Kubernetes, CICD, AI. And I'm like, ignore all of that. If you if you know the basics and you can communicate that to them, you'll be fine. And basically most times just just ignore <laughs> ignore 90% of what you see on the job on the job spec because they they either don't use that or they'll teach you how to no. use it in most places. I think that's really yeah, good. That's I, th- I think that's that's essential. In your current role at the moment, or not in your current role, like so when you first transitioned into the cloud, what what was your job title and what kind of things were you doing on a day-to-day basis? I think it was uh, Linux slash DevOps engineer. It was a small startup. It had, had been, again, it was something related to telcos. They had some Linux or on-premise servers and some, some deployments in AWS as well. So my job role was managing those servers for Linux servers, for example, doing some upgrades, firmware upgrades remotely. Yeah, that, that's what I still used to do in, in telcos as well. That was my main job role. Like a lot of times I was upgrading the you know HP blades, upgrading the firmware, the softwares to new versions, mainly involving maintenance windows and working on nights, you know, a lot of the times in telcos data centers. So I kept on doing similar things, but now I had some hands-on AWS uh, stuff as well, where I was managing a few of their Linux machines, uh, which were, of course, in AWS. And so I think and I, at that point, I got some exposure to CACD as well, things like Jenkins, and but it was not like, very basic kind of, but at least I got mm-hmm. introduced to CSED and DevOps and what it means. I think that's important as well because, yes. you know, like I tell people, what you need to know is just the basics. You don't need to be an expert because most times your your first job is going to be like a junior role where, you know, most companies generally don't want their junior engineers to be doing anything too complicated because similar to what we mentioned earlier, it's easy to make a mistake in production and then bring everything down. So most times when you're junior, they give you like simple tasks, basic things, and which is helpful because then that's how you build up your skills. Because, you know, once you know how to do the simple task, you can then build those skills to do the more complicated things in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's very important that uh, there are funny stories. I've seen people faking it to make it to very advanced roles. Actually, they're Mm. not. But I think the problem with that is that, uh, of course, you'll soon, uh, you'll struggle, really struggle. So I think just focus on a very basic kind of role, very in- entry-level role, or maybe mid-level role as well. There's no harm mm, in it. Yep. If you mid-level work. Things, and if the company is willing to invest in you and uh, let you train. But ultimately, I think build from grounds up and 
builds, the core should be the AWS. Okay, the mm. core should be the AWS. There are so many other things like Kubernetes and Docker. You you learn it. You learn it in days and weeks. You know, once you know the core, I think that's the yes. most important. And you know. so I think that I think that's really good advice. So yeah, walk us through, you know, your next job in the cloud. You know, what was the title? What what kind of things were you doing? And maybe you could just walk us through like yes, your, your so, career to date. Yeah. So in 2019, I started looking for a new role. Actually, by that point, I, I was going third crazy, you know, and I, <laughs> okay, again, I think I thought I had some clarity, but I think I was still struggling with this, trying to do everything, you know. So at that time, I started, I invested some money in Red Hat certifications, you know. I had done AWS, I was working for AWS, but I was still riding two boards, you know, like I thought, okay, carry on with AWS stuff, but let's focus on Red Hat as well. You know, this sounds very interesting as well, and I have some Linux background. Let me just clarify for some people, um, Red Hat is a flavor of Linux, like they make enterprise Linux, um, just, just for those who didn't know what Red Hat was. Go on. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's enterprise Linux and it's CentOS-based system. And yeah, so I started uh, doing the Red Hat search as well. Actually, I did some other Linux search as well. Uh, LPIC is a Linux professional institute. I did some search from, from them, the system admin level search. I put a lot of effort. But when I did this Red Hat, basically, again, I think I made, made a similar mistake. Again, silly enough, like I thought, when, which I made at time of when I was trying to do data analysis, that I spent a lot of money that I purchased kind of the whole architect program of Red Hat. If you Google, you'll see that Red Hat has a, a full path of search, like it was five, two basic Red Hat solution, sorry, Red Hat certified system administrator, Red Hat certified engineer, and then you do some five specialty certs and you become a Red Hat certified architect. And I purchased the whole program. It's quite expensive. Again, I think I repeated the mistake, which is, uh, I don't Can know you why. remember how much it was? One thing, yeah, it was, if you Google, I think in UK, it's around 7,000, 8,000 pounds, 7,000 to 8,000 pounds. Wow. Yeah, again, I think when you are not clear in your mind, when you're delusional, when you don't have any guidance, when you're not talking to your friends, in you live in your own silly world and you just uh, make up things in your mind and you think it will work out. Mm. So you keep on repeating those mistakes. So my advice is reach out to people, tell you what you're trying to do in your life. So uh, I, I did this search. They are probably the toughest search in, in the industry. AWS, nothing in, in, in front of those search because they are really hands-on where you are in, in the exam, configuring the servers and the virtual machines. And if something goes wrong, your virtual machine might not boot, you know, and your whole exam will fail because they they score if you have, if they have to do if you have configured your machines properly. I actually failed this Red Hat Certified Engineer twice, but I didn't give up. I, I did it the third time. So at that point, and I think I I was trying to learn a few other things as well, you know, as, as we've already discussed, know the Kubernetes, so I know the Docker, etc. So I started learning those things as well. Then I talked to one of my friends, uni friends, you know, and he was like very, very angry on me. You know, he was close friend and he came really hard on me. And he was like, what the hell you're doing in your life, man? What, what, what do you think? <laughs> you know, what, what's, what's this going on still? Do you think that doing these search, 20 search will make you a Superman? Come to this world, be realistic. You know, it's good. 
Uh, okay, here I want to highlight, I still think they these things are beneficial, but I think I should have focused on one thing, rather two or three or four things. That is very important. And and I think maybe I should have stopped doing after doing one or two Linux search rather than carrying on doing the whole uh, architect program and then not working in that field altogether because Red Hat is an enterprise Linux and you should be working in some kind of form of Red Hat job role to basically practice those. For example, for, to practice AWS, you need to be working in AWS job role. You know, it's not like you're working, you're learning Azure, for example, and then you're working in AWS. It doesn't mm. make sense, isn't it? It's like so you I want to learn. doing the same mistake that, okay, I'm working in... You want yeah, to learn skills that are exactly. relevant to so the job you're actually in. Absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's not it's not sensible. Although knowledge doesn't go wasted, but it should be the related knowledge. It should be the relevant knowledge you should be working on rather than X, Y, Z, you know. Anyways, at that point, I think I stopped. So in 2019, I got a job at, at Uber. Actually, I gave four or five interviews. Uh, and I actually, at that point, I gave some Red Hat related or Linux related interviews as well. Some people were actually really impressed with my Red Hat search. For example, one guy, I remember that job was uh, for, I think it was very well paid. And the guy who was interviewing me, he saw and he, he saw that I had done the Red Hat certified engineer and he said, wow, you passed this. I failed this twice. So everything has importance. I'm not saying that everything goes wasted, search goes wasted. They're not. They're, they're important. They get you ready for the job world. But I think you should be you should have clarity and it makes more sense if you are working hands-on and then doing those related searches. It's, it's really, really, really useful. Other than that, uh, I think it's uh, it's not as beneficial. Yes, yeah, so I think I think that's a really valid point because I think it's all about efficiency, right? <laughs> How do you get from point mm. A to point B as efficiently as possible? Because yeah, you could do you know twenty certs, spend twenty thousand pounds or dollars, but if it doesn't get you closer to the goal, sure you'll still learn something, but you know we always have to think what's the most efficient way to to get to where you need to go. So I think you've actually um, raised something quite valid here. So, you know, we've talked about how you got into the cloud and, you know, you had to learn Linux and a bit of AWS. So I think this is a a very good uh, segue now. So let's say you you have your first cloud role, you know, you got a job as, as a junior cloud engineer, and now you're wondering, what do I learn next? If you could pick two or three things that someone should learn, like after they get their first job, what would you recommend? Actually, let me first uh, finish this. So uh, I got this offer from AWS Partner, the company I'm currently working with. I got this offer. So I accepted this this offer. And at that point, I think that's very important because the company was willing to invest in... Uh, I was still, I think it was early days for me, although I had been in AWS uh, and cloud for a year, but it was still early days. So the company was willing to invest in someone or the employees they were hiring on a long-term basis. So at, I think that really that role really suited me. Uh, and our team lead at that point, the guy really helped me to grow. To He was from software development background. He was in cloud for two, three years. He was good in so many tools and he was really patient. So that's very important. And he really helped me. Luckily enough, it wasn't a junior role. It was a senior role. But I think uh, I, get, I got some time to basically transition properly to a senior role. It was tough initially, but I think I got some help from my team lead and I could transition. I, I, my Myself as well, I was a really hard working guy, so I worked really hard, I dug deep, and then I could 
uh, I think, transition easily. So that's how, and I'm still in that role. I'm still, uh, still in senior solutions architect. I've been in this company for three and a half years. I really love being here. Now, coming back to your other question, what's very important? I mean, that's very important. I, I know I learned these things the hard way. Okay, you don't have to learn these things the hard way. So focus on one thing. For example, if you want to come to AWS, AWS Solution Architect Associate, very important. VPC, for example, is one of the core things there. Linux, very important. Very important. I think just having AWS is not good enough because ultimately you'll be dealing with Linux servers. Okay, so you should know some Linux. And I think one good YouTube course or maybe one good Udemy course for £10 or $10 should be good enough. You don't have to be doing the silly things I was doing, the Red Hat XYZ courses. You don't need to. Maybe if you want to do do one basic system administrator certification, that's fine if you want, but it's not required. Okay, it's not required. I I highlight this thing. It's not required, but if, if you want to do it, it's a bonus. It won't hurt. Okay, these are the two things. And the most important thing, if you can, but it's, it's a long-term goal. I think you should learn some kind of coding, maybe Python or something. Mm. These are the three things which will you set on a great journey to the cloud because you need to learn some kind of automation. Ultimately, I think any programming language, Python or whatever, I think Python is the easiest one. That's why we code Python uh, you know, all the time. So that should be kind of a marathon. It's not like you can learn Python in a month you should make it a life habit of learning Python. So yeah, these two things or three things I think you should focus on. And then, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean, what I, you know, what I usually recommend is for those who don't have a job, you know, like you say, get the fundamentals of Linux because 90% of cloud workloads use Linux. So if you don't know Linux, you're just wasting your time. You know, learn, you know, do some hands-on projects. Like you say, work on VPCs, deploy EC2s, install stuff on servers. You know, these are just table stakes. So these are just the basics you need to know. And the final thing is practicing your communication, you know, because when you have interviews, you're going to have to need to talk about your projects. But I also say that, you know, those those are like the bare minimum you need to do. But then, you know, once you do that and you're comfortable with that, now we can start talking about infrastructure as code, you know, learning Terraform or cloud formation. And then what I've measured should be enough to get your first job. But then once you get your first job, now we can start really focusing on Python because like you say, Baba, automation is a big, big part of the cloud world and Python is one of the most popular languages for that. Now we can really deep dive into our CICD pipelines, things like that. And the reason I mention this is because it's not just what you learn, but the order in which you learn things. So for example, if you try to learn CICD without knowing Python, you're going to struggle because CICD is... All, sorry, if you try to learn CICD without knowing Linux you're going to struggle because a lot of CI/CD's Linux commands, right, to, <laughs> to do things in your pipeline. And so the order in which you learn things is very yeah. important. Now, I think, Fayum, you're absolutely right. So you should be really good in AWS. You're, you're false. Okay, let's say you have eight hours in a day. Okay, let's say you have eight hours in a day and you are working eight hours a day to learn things. I think 70, 70% of that or 75% of that time should go to AWS. Or maybe 60%, I don't know. But major time should go to AWS. And then a quarter of that time, maybe 10, 20%, 15% should go to Linux. And that maybe what I would recommend is, again, uh, it diff- works different for different. Maybe you can uh, squeeze in an hour a day and start learning Python, but that should be a 
long-term goal, you know, because mm-hmm. it should be that, okay, this is a good to have thing. And another very important thing, I think it doesn't hurt to spend few days, like learn the basics, just the basics, not in depth. What is cloud formation? How it works? I think AWS, uh, a social architect associated when you're learning for that, maybe you will learn how cloud formation works, how infrastructure as code works. That's fine. Just knowing how it works is good enough. You don't mm. dive deep into those because otherwise you'll get overwhelmed, I think, for the yeah. starting role. Knowing is good enough. For example, knowing is, what is ECS, Elastic Container Service, for example. Just knowing is good enough. Knowing what virtual machine is and what container is. I think you'll learn yes. these basics. So knowing the basics is good enough, but dive deep into AWS world, mm. dive deep into VPC, you know. Yes. VPC so, is the foundation, the first step. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so the next question I have actually related to that is because I don't think people realize how much work goes into learning and sort of upgrading yourself. I know when I was learning the cloud, like and learning Linux and all of that, I had a full-time job. And then every day, as soon as I got home, I'd do an hour a day, sometimes two hours a day after work. And then, you know, on Saturday, I tried to do three hours. What was your learning journey like, you know, when you were making a transition and even when you were doing Uh, your certifications and all of that? Okay, so that's a very important question. So first thing, it works differently for different people. Some people are efficient and they can get things done in an hour. Some need two hours, some may need five hours. That's fine. I think I really dug in deep and I really worked hard because uh, I need to work really hard to get things done. You know, I'm not a very genius kind of person. So when I was doing those certs, for example, to give you guys an idea, again, these are these numbers that work for me. Don't get me wrong. You, you have to figure out how much effort you guys require. But I think to even now to get any AWS cert done, I think I need easily good 100 to 150 hours at least to get a proper AWS cert done. So you can imagine how much effort I was putting, similarly for Red Hat and for those Linux certs. So ultimately, you have to figure out how much effort you need, you know, and when you are ready. But on a daily basis, I would say on average, I was putting four or five hours on average worth of effort, mm. you know. Even now, wow. even now, if I have to do an AWS cert with a full-time job, I have to work, for example, 100 to 120 hours to learn properly. Wow. You know? So again, this this number might be different for different people. I, mean, mm. I know you are, a, you, I know you get things done more quickly. So maybe it's half for you. Maybe some, for someone it might be 200 hours, you know. But ultimately you have to get the thing or you have to achieve the goal. You have to mm. figure out how much effort you need. I have figured out how much effort I require from doing so many certs. And even from my school days, I remember how much effort I used to put in to get my desired goals. You should know that. That's very important. Mm. You should know that how much effort is required of you to get those things done. So, for example, another very important thing that some people might go through the video course once. I normally go, I used to, but now I... Now I've changed, but initially in early days, I used to go to the video course maybe two times, maybe sometimes three times. Uh, I used to take a lot of notes and, you know, I used to practice that, you know, so hands-on is very important as well. So that's why I am saying for me, it's at least a hundred hours worth of effort at least to get a cert done. So on average, I was doing four or five hours easily a day. Sometimes I was working eight to 12 hours a day as well because 
I was focused on only one thing. You know, again, this is how things work for me, guys. For you, maybe, for for example, for Yomi, he was doing so many other things and he was doing the search as well. For me, I can't do, do a lot of multitasking. So if I'm focused on one thing, my major focus on that thing and I'm working day in, day out on, on that goal. But again, that's not the ideal way probably. Yeah. Yeah, no, thanks. <laughs> thanks for saying that I'm efficient. I, I think I'm more of a good enough kind of guy. Like I'm not <laughs> like most of how I try to achieve my things. Is, is this good enough? Cool. Let's sit, let's sit the test. And I'm actually going to make another podcast episode on you know how I was able to get the nine certifications and, and what strategy I used because I think I think that might be very useful. So yeah, no, thank thanks for sharing that that journey of yours. I think it, it's really I think it's really valuable. So like now that you're a senior solutions architect, like what. What, what's next? What, what do you want to do? Do you want to be like a principal? Do you want to like, you know, what, what do you want to do in the future? Yeah, I think uh, when you're in a principal role, I think you probably are less hands-on and you're managing the projects and you are talking more and you're talking to the customers more. I still love real hands-on stuff. I still want to be almost 100% hands-on. Maybe I can be a team lead. I can mentor my junior colleagues or who have no, uh, less experience as compared to me. But ultimately, or real hands-on stuff. I love writing Terraform, for example. I love writing CloudFormation. I love pure solution architecture thing. So I and writing CSGD, for example, pipelines. So that, these are the things I really love and I, just, I want to carry on doing that, I think. Uh, so I don't know whether I would love any kind of role where I have less hands-on or more kind of pre-sales work. So I think I'm happy with what I'm doing, you know. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's really yeah. that's really important. I, I think you, there's always something to learn, isn't it? There's always something yeah. to learn, and the learning journey, continues. And I think I try to be a better self, a better version of myself, technically, in terms of what I was a few days, a few weeks, or a few months ago, a few years ago. But yeah, ultimately, I enjoy this kind of real work. And I think the most important thing is uh, I have this clarity at least. Uh, not 100% clarity, but I, there's some sort of clarity there that mm. what I want to do. And I enjoy this work. I really enjoy this work because that's very important as well. Yeah, no, the, the last question I have, right? Let's say you have someone, they don't have a cloud job yet. Maybe they've done their cloud practitioner certification. Maybe they've done their solutions architect certification. They don't really have too much hands-on and they come to you and they say, hey, Baba, I want to be a solutions architect. What advice do you give them? What steps should they take? You know, how long was the timeline? I have a few points actually in mind. And I would tell them from my experience, the mistakes I made generally in life, not even just for the cloud journey, in life generally. The most important thing is, I, I know there will be few, I'll speak a few minutes, but I think I feel it's very important. And I, I just want others not to repeat the mistakes I have made. So the clarity of mind is very important. Okay, guys, you should be clear. I think I've given you my data science thing journey. I know you get tempted by the kind of money you get paid. In you see the job adverts and you and you see oh one twenty k one fifty k hundred k. You get tempted. You know, have some clarity. Okay, you can't get to reach to that point overnight, okay? So have some clarity. Start from basic. Be clear what you want to do and why you want to do it. It can be anything. It can be maybe buying a good home for your family, you know, for yourself, have a better life. Okay, whatever it is. Have some clarity. 
have some motive. So that brings you to the motivation. What is your motivation? Because it's a marathon, guys. It's not easy. You have to do these things day in, day out. So you should be really motivated for it. There's no magic pill that you will be awake one day and you'll be a cloud expert. It's, it's a journey. Be motivated for it. Uh, be passionate about it. That's very important, okay? And what actually motivates you? There, there can be so many things. For me, when I had this clarity, I think for me, the self-respect. For me, if I can respect Barber, if Barber can respect himself for the knowledge or for the person he is, I think that's the most important for. And that really drives me. If I really work, I'm really working hard in life and want to do something, it's for my self-respect. If I can respect myself, then I think I, I'm doing my job good, you know, or I'm trying to. So that really motivates me. And of course, there, there are monetary and financial aspects to it as well. But I think for me, my self-respect really drives me, okay? Fayomi has mentioned this thing, good communication skills. Guys, this is the most important thing probably, you know. If you know everything, you know, and if you can't communicate properly, if you can't sell yourself, then you are in real trouble. I've seen people who are not technically very good, but they can communicate very well. They can they can present themselves two times or three times what actually they are capable of. They, they do better. They do better in their lives because ultimately how you sell yourself, how you communicate, how coherent your communication skills are. That's very important. You know, you need to really work on those, okay? Mentorship. Very, 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 very important that you get in touch with someone who can tell you what to do be around good people who are in good jobs. For example, if you want to be in cloud, you should have some cloud circle. Maybe go to some AWS meetup. Who knows, you know, just get in touch with the right people. It shouldn't be like you want to be doing X, but you are in the company of Y. Don't do this because, oh, of course you might be, have you, you, you can have your social circle, but your technical circle should be around the right people. That's very important, okay? And time, time box yourself. You know, it's very important. I have a recent example where one of my friends, he's for six months, I wasn't very impressed with him because he's my good friend. And I told him, listen, I think you're not motivated enough. You're not putting good effort. Have your priorities right. If you want to do something and then all day you're watching Premier League matches and, you know, (laughs) your priorities are not right. You know, you're wasting your time. Mm. Get your priorities right, guys. Get your priorities right. See what's important for you. You may have to give up a few things, you know, to achieve. You cannot have everything that you are partying all day and you're watching Premier League matches and then you are spending 30 minutes. It, it's not going to work. It's not a piece of cake, okay? Do everything, but get your priorities right. Don't waste on the things uh, time. Actually, I had to give up a few things to achieve what I have achieved. It's not like I've achieved everything, but I have to make some sacrifices. I had to prioritize. And for me, I think I... I spend a lot of time and there will be times where you have to, maybe for, for example, a few days before your exam, probably you'll be just doing the exam prep. So get your priorities right. Uh, I think that's the most important things. Yeah, I think I think that's it. And uh, I think mentorship, get in touch with the right people, get, get a good advice from them. And I think it's a marathon. It's a marathon, guys. It's not like, it, it's, it's a long journey. You get, get into the role, keep working hard, and I think you'll reach it's, it's one step at a time. It's one step at a yes. time. Yes. You can't eat the elephant in, in a day or in a yes. bite, isn't it? It's one yes, bite not, at a time. I know, agree. And like I, think, I think, yeah. 
if I was to summarize what you said, you know, you mentioned clarity and I'd say, you know, have a roadmap. This is where I am. This is where I want to get yes. to. And then I'd say work back from backwards from there. Like, what do I need to do to get from where I am to where I want to go? Um, I think the next thing you mentioned was having being motivated, right? Someone isn't going to give you a hundred thousand a year just like that. <laughs> so you need to be motivated. You need to work Absolutely. really hard. You need to improve your skills outside of your working hours. And you know, the next thing you mentioned is uh, communication, and this is probably, I think, one of the most underrated skill in any job market, really, because yeah. if you can't communicate what you know, how is your hiring manager going to know that you're good? You know, because they don't know you. All they know is what you're telling them. So. Improving communication is essential. And, you know, Baba, you mentioned... I think here, Fahim, getting... I'll add one thing. I'll add, sorry, Fahim, that's very important. In my life, I've seen from my uni days, the guys who had excellent communication skills are doing the best amongst us in their lives, mm. in their professional careers. They are the best. So good technically is important, but having good communication skills is even more important, guys. Mm. Work on that. Yeah, I th- I think that that's that. real. If you don't have good communication skills, work on that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's real. Uh, you also mentioned having a sort of like AWS or cloud circle, social circle. And what I'd, I think that's really important because you need to know, you need to have insight into the industry you're trying to go to. A, so you don't get scammed and B, so you have the right information. So, you know, I've seen people selling course, uh, boot camps for like 5,000 pounds. You know, I've heard, you know, the people I've spoken to, you know, they're getting into debt to pay for these boot camps. And I'm like, you know, you don't need a six month boot camp. You can do this in, you know, think, <laughs> three months for 300 pounds, right? Absolutely. For me, I think I've given my example, you know, when I gave that redhead example, can you imagine I spent this six, 7,000 pounds at that mm. point? And it, it was kind of a debt, I would say, in a way, you know, which I've cleared. But again, don't be delusional. Be realistic. These days, I think learning is so cheap and so easy. Udemy courses, 10 pounds. If you're spending mm. thousands and thousands to get into cloud, I think there is something wrong. There's something mm. wrong. You're doing something wrong. Because yeah, you should honestly, never have to go into debt. Uh, yeah. Just spending... Yes, just a cert exam, which is a few hundred dollars and a Udemy course, 10, 20, 30 dollars. I think within a few hundred dollars, you can be... Yeah. I have seen people just doing a $10 course. They are in a... I think this the world has really changed. If you're mm. spending thousands and thousands of dollars, it won't make you a good cloud engineer. Don't mm. think like that. If you think like that, any bootcamp will make have a magic pill. Again, mm. that's far from reality, guys. Don't waste your money. You know, don't spend thousands and thousands on those boot camps. They don't work. Trust me, they don't mm. work. I think if you follow a ten dollars or twenty dollars Udemy course, you're good enough. Think of it as a boot camp. Don't waste your money. Yeah. One last thing I think very important. Recently, uh, I was in an AWS exam and a guy approached me. Oh, you were doing this pro exam, and I, I just did an associate exam. So he reached out. I get. I shared the details with him. And uh, he basically, we met, uh, we met over a cup of coffee and and I, he started basically getting guidance from me and what kind of things I do in my job, day-to-day role. And basically he started reading about those solution architectures and those kind of things. And he recently got a job. So I think, again, mentorship is very important and getting in touch with the right people and knowing the right things. I think that's very, very, very important, you know, and I really encourage that guy. And when he used to have the interviews, he, before the interview, he used to call me 
and discuss some architecture scenarios. And I think it really helped him probably. It didn't cost me anything, you know, but I think it mm. helped him to basically ex- excel in those interviews. And I think he's doing a job now as a solution yeah. architect. So One of the things with the people I mentor that is quite powerful, actually, is the interview techniques. Because like when we get on the call, you would, we have a mock interview and I can see from the start, you know, they have a closed body language. You know, even the way they talk is very, you know, low tone and boring. And, you know, just even telling people like, you know, smile, <laughs> you know, smile, ask people how their day yeah. is, you know, be be personable. Like sometimes it's the little things that, you know, as, as a person being interviewed, you're just focused on trying to get the answer right. So, so you're not really focused on how you come across. And so this is what someone else who has experience, who's, who's, who's hired people and been hired, can like can walk you through. And I think that's what makes the difference between Absolutely. you getting a job and you not getting a job. Yeah. Okay. There are two steps. First step is you have this foundation done in in let's say let's say three months. You did AWS. You did some Linux. Now you're you've done your part. The second part is the second step is don't go to a vicious circle of doing other certs. Other certs. It's not required. Now, second part is you should put the same amount of effort or maybe a bit more effort getting a job. Getting a job is a full-time mm. job, guys. Remember this mm. thing. You need to work full-time hours and hours to get a job. Prepare yourself yeah. for the job. Prepare yourself for the interviews. It's not like a magic pill. Mm. So getting a job is a full-time job. Remember this thing. Yeah. You have and also rejection is normal. Well, like rejection is normal. Like I usually oh, say, like 100%. apply for a hundred jobs, maybe five will call you back from the interview. And out of that five, you should get one offer. So it's just a numbers game. Like I think don't apply. I think be a bit efficient. Be a bit efficient. Don't throw your CV everywhere. So let's say that's very important. There will be hundreds and hundreds of AWS jobs. That's fine. Shortlist that okay, this job role suits probably suits me. And then shortlist, uh, read about the company, work on your CV and work on the interview, know about the companies, get the person who is interviewing you, ask who will interview, probably check that person's LinkedIn profile, see what are their key strengths Mm. so that you know what you can expect from that person uh, in the interview. Work on that. Don't, Mm. you need to work on in minor details, go to the details and that gives you the best chance of be prepared for the interview. If you're just throwing your CV, I mean, you're wasting your time. Work, work on that job. Talking to recruiters is very important, you know, because first you have to tick across that bridge and like, uh, so that you're, so that the recruiter puts you forward, your CV forward. I think you need to learn this as well. How you talk to the recruiters? Why would the recruiter forward your CV to the, to the employers? And mm. so that's why I'm saying it's a full-time job. You have to learn these t- techniques. They are techniques, okay? And mm. yeah, I mean, I think maybe we can have another, another session about... The, <laughs> yeah, there's going to have to be a part two. You, you said... Uh, there's going to be a part Definitely, I think we can discuss these things because... Baba, thank you so much for, for your time today. I'm sure this session has been valuable. And yeah, we'll we'll see you guys next time. Oh uh, no, I, I really enjoyed it by all means. Thanks. I think you're doing you're doing an amazing job. And I think it's a good thinking. And I think, yeah, just if, if we can inspire, listen, we are not exceptional people. I'm not saying we are extraordinary people, but I think if we can inspire a few people around us, I think it's our it's our responsibility that we should guide others and inspire others if we can. And 
so that they don't mistake so, so that they don't repeat the same mistakes we have made you know i think it will be really good but yeah thanks thanks for having me here and hopefully we'll be in touch and maybe we can have more sessions you know who knows awesome i'm definitely looking forward to it before you go don't forget to leave us a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. I really enjoy reading the comments. Maybe say why you listen to this podcast or what you gain from it. It will really help other people find us. Thank you. And I'll see you in the next one.